Jehovah, Yahweh, four Hebrew consonants said under breath in the awe of God. How to properly address Him, His splendor, His majesty, His perfection, His name. What is His name? What shall I say to them? On just an ordinary day, doing ordinary things, as ordinary as keeping sheep, an ordinary man was passing by near the mountain of God. Carrying a staff, supplies of bread and water for the journey, carrying some drops on his forehead from the warm sun above and some dust on his feet from the gravel below. He was also carrying his burdens. The burdens of a father's country lost. The burden of his brothers and sisters enslaved. The burden of feeling like a foreigner amongst those he now calls family since he can remember not feeling like he quite fits in. And the burden of anger leading to death by his own two hands. Who am I? How can I make right my wrongs? Will I ever see them again? How long will they suffer? Where is God? Who is God? And an ordinary day for Moses was suddenly disrupted with the extraordinary. A burning bush, flames fire, yet not consuming the branches and the leaves that it's burning. Will Moses dare to look? To see, will he dare to come closer? Is that not the decision that every human heart has to make when it's time to encounter our awesome God? Will I dare to see, to look? Will I dare to come closer? And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called out of the bush, God calling out of a bush, a burning bush? What God is this? What is his name? Moses, Moses, here I am. Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And the dust collected on his feet from his journey to here is now collecting dust from holy ground. And Moses, bowing down, dead quiet, yet deafened by millions of thoughts, emotions, and the sound of heavy racing heart, is thinking, who is this? What is his name? I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry. I know their sufferings and I have come down to deliver them. A God who sees affliction, a God who sees their burdens, our burdens, my burdens, a God who is ready to save, to set free, to deliver. And in a moment, all the potential of hope is birthed in an ordinary man's heart and the light breaks through the darkness and darkness cannot hold it down. The burdens Moses carried be, suddenly becoming a little bit lighter. But wait, how will he save? Who will do it? How will this happen? From a burning bush? God replies, come, I will send you. Me? Maybe looking around to see if there is someone else. Me, yes, Moses, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Perhaps the burden now exponentially increased at these words. The fear of God in front of him 
at war with the fear of such an impossible task to go and challenge the Pharaoh. And the fear of God in front of him at the war, at war with the fear of his own weak self-esteem. Who am I? And Moses says out loud the words that every human soul and every ordinary man asks from time to time. Who am I? For Moses, the battle of identity comes rushing in. Hebrew-born, Egyptian race, settled down with the Midianites for all that all of his life that he can remember now following the ways other than that which his God has told his fathers. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and become the one who sets the people of Israel free from Egypt? Moses, it's not about who you are, but about who will be with you. God responding with the words that makes all the difference to everyone who hears it and takes it to heart. He says, but I will be with you. The burden starts to become lighter again. The hope rising. The light breaking through. It's not that I need to be so sure about who I am, but I need to be sure about who is with me. And Moses, just to make sure he gets it, asks, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent, sent you to me, and they ask, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. What is his name? What shall I say to them? I am who I am. And Moses' heart settles on the truth, the truth that God is and was and always will be, that God is absolute reality and that there is no reality outside of him, that God is dependent on no one and nothing, that God is perfect and cannot be improved, that God is the standard of all truth, goodness and beauty, that God is the Lord of all. Moses, because I am, you are. And because I am with you, Moses, you will be and you will be all that I said you will be. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. I am the Lord. This is my name forever. And here we are today because He is, generations upon generations later, still knowing that He is and that He is Lord and that He will be forever. And he appears to ordinary men, however he wants, to show that he is, that he is Lord. To Moses in a burning bush, when he appears to you, however he wants to, will you stop, look, turn aside? Will you dare to come closer? Do you dare to see and encounter the one who is called Jehovah, Yahweh, the Lord, the great I am? It is such a privilege for me to share with you this morning how God showed up in my life in many different ways. The first instance I want to share with you is how God showed up in a Facebook message. I can still remember 2014 I was fighting cancer and on this Sunday morning I woke up and I was really feeling bad. I, was feel, I felt like giving up. 
And I was lying there and there was a voice of deceit speaking into me, telling me, it's over, you might as well give up. And then I heard a Facebook message coming through. And strange enough, I immediately took my phone and I looked at the message and it was from a learner who I taught in 1986. And he was sharing a quote about the teacher with me. And he just said, thank you for being that teacher. And that message, it was a short Facebook message, message, it really brought a shift into my mind because now there was another voice saying, it's not over until I say it's over. And it was some, as if somebody gave me an injection because I immediately got up, showered, had a shower and dressed myself. I was still feeling very weak, made my bed and I lie on my bed. And yeah, I'm still, I'm still here today, doing what God wants me to do. So, at that instance, God showed up as a Facebook message. There was another time when God showed up as a disappointment. I remember 2018, my children was visiting and they had to return back to Pretoria. And on that Wednesday morning, my son's car didn't want to start. They had to leave on Saturday. And this car was like dead. So his brother helped him to tow the car to a workshop. And then the people said it will cost about seven or 8,000 Rand. They brought the car back because he said, mom, I don't have that kind of money. And I, as a mother, I just said, take the car, we'll sort it out. The people who had the car said, my son was but can have it at three o'clock Friday afternoon. So three o'clock came, they didn't phone. Half past three they went and these people were locking up. And he said, now what about my car? And they said, no, we didn't have time to work on it. So, but he said, okay, I'll just take the car. And strange enough, at that time, the car started. So they went and as on their way home, they passed another workshop where people were still working and they went in there and they spoke to the people. He said he needed his car, even if it was then Saturday afternoon. So they said, okay, leave the car, we'll work on the car. We'll phone you at about 10 tomorrow. So Saturday morning they phoned him, they said they know what the problem is, they work on it and he can have the car at about three. So three o'clock that afternoon they went, they fetched the car and he went. They stayed about an hour and I was wandering, sitting in my war room, just praying. And then he stood in the door of my room and tears was running down his eyes. And he said, the car is fixed. It's, it's running so smoothly. And he said, but you know what? It only cost 700 rand. And at that moment I told him this Disappointment of yesterday was really God showing up. And this is how I live my life, trusting God to show up every time. I remember about, I think it was 2019, it was in winter. I had to pay somebody, so I went to the bank and I withdrew 2,000 Rand. And I am known in my family for losing things. So I went home, 
Um, I remember I went to Woolworths, buy a bought a few things and tipped the car guard and got into my car and went home. It was about an hour later, Somerset Moore phoned me, the officers, they have my purse. And I thought, immediately I thought, no, this is a scheme because I didn't lose my purse. So they said, but we have your purse here. And so I, I looked in my, into my bag, there was nothing in the car, there was nothing. So I realized, sure, I lost my purse. On my way to Somerset Mall, I just said to God, this, losing this money is going to set me back. But I, I just want somebody who really needed to have it. So I got there to their offices and they said, a car guard found my purse in one of the trolleys. And what was so amazing was that that purse went through more than four hands. And when the guy brought it to the office, he and the lady in the office opened the purse and there was the money was still there, 2,200 rand. And I asked them who the car guard was and um, they told me it was a lady. She was working at Pick a Pay site. So I went there, looked for her, found her, gave her 300 rand. And she was jumped. The two of us were jumping around and hugging each other. And I couldn't believe that she was so glad to accept this 300 rand. And I was thinking, this must be God. Because she could have done a lot with 2,200 rand. But you know, this is how I live my life, trusting God. And in so many situations, he showed up. In Moses' story, God showed up as a burning bush. In my life, he has showed up as a Facebook message, a car guard, and what looked like a disappointment. But we can trust in him because he is the great I am. Does God really care? This question perhaps asked with no intent to really hear an answer have been asked by the human soul for as long as we have lived in this broken world. And added to the quiver of arrows for reasoning against the great I am comes the personal questions. Why does he allow this? Why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve it? In view of our awesome God, is there even room for such questioning? And can we dare hope for an answer? When God encountered Moses, although his soul was burdened with anguish and possibly with a whole lot of questions, Moses never asked his why questions. He could have asked, why did I have to grow up as a prince in Egypt, given up by my mother to be raised by another? And why are those you care for still mistreated as slaves? And why did I have to see such injustices that fueled my anger? When encountering the Lord, our why question seems to slowly fade away because the who question is answered. Who are we asking? We are asking Jehovah, the Lord, the great I am. Compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love, just in all His ways and near to the brokenhearted. These are just some of the descriptions of our awesome God as we see in the Bible offering the antithesis of the challenging outcries against Him. 
wondering if He cares for our human realities at all. Our human realities of pain, disappointment, loss, injustice, terror and sadness. Early on in the Bible, in Genesis 16, something unique about the Lord is revealed in a unique way, locked up in an unexpected story. And another name for God is showing up, showing us something more about His character. And this other name of God is not declared by someone who had some grand vision of a burning bush or an elect patriarch, but it's declared by a broken individual, by a woman named Hagar. Mistreated, unwanted, a fugitive, desperate and lonely, and in the midst of her story, God reveals more of Himself. And we are given another name by which to know Him, to understand Him, and to trust Him. Al Roy, the Lord who sees. Hagar, a servant to Abram, is desperately fleeing to the desert while pregnant to escape the harsh treatment she has received by her mistress. If only such harsh treatment was all due to her doing, she might have had some hopeful ground to stand on. But as the story has it, when people take matters into their own hands, other people get hurt. For Hagar carried Abram's child, a plan directed by Abram's own wife, resulting in confusing contempt inside of Hagar, causing her to be at odds with her mistress and now chased into the heat of the dry desert wilderness. Fearful, uncertain of what will become of her and the child she carries, she is fighting for survival all by herself. She finds rest at a spring, a brook with cold drinking water, not knowing that she will soon be drinking from the refreshing waters from the wellspring of life, another kind of water that will never let her thirst again. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water and he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from my mistress, Sarai. For a moment, she might have thought that this is her moment of vindication. She will be understood. Of course, it is right that she has to flee and run away. Who would have stayed near such a mistress or who would even think about going back? But the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. Hagar's mind is now racing with the questions again. Why does he allow this? Why is this happening to me? What have I done to deserve it? The water she was about to drink has not yet been tasted. The refreshing water that comes from the words of El Roy, the God who sees. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. Behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has listened to your affliction. The Lord listened to my questions, to my cries, to me, to my affliction, a driven away servant, an unwanted woman, the Lord listened to me. Hagar responded with reverence and awe, in wonder of awesome God. She called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing. For she said, Truly, here I have seen him who looks after me. El Roy, the Lord who sees. This name would be continually affirmed throughout the Old Testament. God saw the heartache of Leah 
He saw the injustice done to Jacob. He saw the suffering, enslavement, groaning and misery of the Israelites in Egypt. And in person, bodily through Jesus, he saw the crowds and was moved with compassion. For they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He saw the tears of the sisters Mary and Martha at the loss of their brother. And he didn't quiet them when they cried out, why did you let this happen? He saw it so that he himself wept. And as with Hagar, Leah, Jacob, the Hebrew nation under the Egyptian rule, the crowds, Mary and Martha, he sees us. And at times he delays as there is a greater story to be told than an immediate answer to our question. But not only does he see the end and where he is taking us, in the meantime, he sees, he feels, he has compassion, he sees so that even he weeps. He is Alroy. He is the Lord who sees you. I would like to share a story today about myself spending some time in the South African Navy a few years ago. When I joined the Navy, uh, we did our basics training in Gordons Bay and uh, a part of the training is just a lot of parades, there's a lot of kit masters standing in your platoon and just really uh, trying to do your best. On one occasion, uh, the instructor, Chief Petty Officer Gopal, came to me and I was standing at attention with my uniform, looking very smart, hopefully. He came to me and he said, Seaman, are you special? Do you think you're special? And for a brief moment, I paused and I replied and I said, Yes, Chief Petty Officer, I am special. And uh, he was taken aback. It wasn't a response that he really, uh, I think, I think uh, thought that I would give. <laughs> but what is interesting in that time is that it, it made me realize that I am special. And I must admit, uh, you know, I, I became a Christian when I was 14. And prior to that time, if anybody said or would say that, they are special and actually proclaim it or make it as a statement, I would think that person is very arrogant. But when I said it, and like I said, I'm not quite sure what made me say that, but since then, realizing that I'm special did something internally in terms of my faith. Because I know God says that I'm special. Fast forwarding to today, um, especially last year, 2020, you know, I realized that if God says that I'm special, that means He takes great delight in me. If He takes great delight in me, that means He sees me. Like many of us last year, we were faced with numerous challenges. Um, it was an incredible year, but there were really some tough times. And I remember specifically two situations last year where it was really tough. And please understand, I'm not saying that my tough year or my, my two occasions, only two occasions were in any way more tough than somebody else's. It's, this is not a comparison thing. But for me, 
it was so tough on those two separate occasions that I felt, I wouldn't say I was depressed, but I felt depressed. I felt that I was maybe busy losing my faith. I felt as if I was losing my self-worth. Um, I was unsure in terms of my identity, my calling as a person, as a man, as a husband. I was really knocked for a six due to external situations. But what was my saving grace, and I say that with a lot of respect, is that the first person that I shouted out to, and in a sense with a lot of anger in me, was God. Because I knew that if God says that I'm special, why is He not seeing me? That I felt that He's not seeing me. Yet, I know I'm special. And I am so grateful that after years of being a Christian, since I was 14, spending time in the Word, having fellowship, praying, getting to know God's promises and what the Bible says about me, made me realize that if God says that He knows the number of hair on my head, or hairs on my head, that means He counted them. So if He counted them, He had to see them, although they are few. <laughs> But that means God sees. The amazing thing, on both those two occasions, God came through in incredible ways. More than I expected. That means God saw me. Now, when I look back at that moment in times when I realized that I could say boldly a statement that I'm special, it maybe was a bit weird and for some it might still be arrogant, but it was a, a, almost a... I can't say with certainty again why exactly I said it, but it's almost a pr proclamation of faith of who I am. And for me to, to accept that God sees me, I know who I, I need to know who I am in Him. And if I did not do that, I wouldn't have had the relief, the knowing, the faith that I could reach out and shout out to God in those two extremely difficult situations last year. So my encouragement to anybody that wants to know, does God see them? If we hear the term Al Roy and, and what Hagar went through in terms of, does, does God really see me? I can 100% guarantee you that God sees you. He didn't, he didn't tell, show, or tell the example, the parable of, of the mustard seed, of the lost coin, of, of you know, the, the prodigal son. It's everything that we see with our eyes. We can see it. So God sees us and if we are learning in the series that God is an awesome God he sees everything he might not always respond as what we would like him to respond but he sees everything so I'd be encouraged that yes God is an awesome God God is an incredible God God is a God that knows everything and he's a God that sees you